This podcast is brought to you by our fine supporters at Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to find out how you can get nearly a dozen bonus episodes of this show and so much extra bonus content. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, the king of Fake It Till You Make It, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Very true. Uh, I was going to go with Crown Prince, but I thought the king was funnier. Uh, two takes at one joke on this podcast. Uh, we are in the thick of Listener Request Month. One more coming next uh, month on the Patreon feed uh, for those there. So visit patreon.com slash the 80s. You can get the final episode also by the same director of My Blue Heaven, which will be, be out on the Patreon feed in June. Don't know that we've have we done a we've certainly never we've done I guess we supposed to do it with John Carpenter but we had the uh, illness problem so back to back episodes by same director has that happened we must have done that I thought we actually did one for John Carpenter before oh that's right because we did oops all uh, it's January uh, oops all the, no no it's the back strike oops that all reverse. Carpenters WrestleMania WrestleMania oops all WrestleMania, Carpenters oops all Carpenters you're right you're right you're right I was right. like I knew there was something uh, well we did it by accident this time well I guess we did it by fate because it was determined by the random draw anyway it is listener request month this uh, is a the pick of Tom from our Patreon uh, and it's the Michael J. Fox film The Secret of My Success let's hear it from Tom hey guys this is uh, Tom from Patreon uh, I'm just calling to introduce my choice this year which is a 1987 comedy, Secret of My Success. Glad you picked this one. This isn't what I'd really call a good film, but I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's really underrated, and I think there's some, some solid performances in it. Also, I'm really not sure how well it's remembered, so uh, I'm glad you guys are getting it out there. I think this is this movie is just like Michael J. Fox at the height of his 80s charm powers. I mean, very slapsticky. I always thought he was really an underrated physical comedian anyway, and I think it really shows through here. Also... The soundtrack for this movie is low-key great. It's just it's painfully 80s, but in, in the best way possible. Night Ranger, Pat Benatar, Bananarama, David Foster. It's it's a lot of fun. So I, anyway, I hope you guys have fun with this. I appreciate you guys doing what you do, and I'll talk to you again next year. Thank you, Tom, and uh, always appreciate the support, and thank you to Tom and all of the Patreon supporters uh, who have helped make this show real. As we said, we watched The Secret of My Success, and you know what that means. we got to go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your dead end mailroom job. So get your dead end mailroom job. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega power, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Uh, also, uh, you know, timed up to come coincide with the release of Michael J. Fox's uh, documentary, I realized, as oh, well yeah. for, for this episode, uh, Still, which people have been really raving about. Um, I saw some clips of it. It is, he's a cool dude to be so upfront about something so challenging in his life. So uh, imp- impressed by that. God, what a charming young man. Oh, he, he was. was. Though, huh? Oh my gosh. Quite, quite, quite. Uh, probably the best actor of the people that mostly get by on charm that we've ever talked about, I would say. See, I think he is talented too. 
Agreed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's like, but there's people. He's got but there's people that we've talked about that co-spy on. Show. Like Dolly Parton in her acting career is coasting on her charm. No offense intended. Right. No, no, no. I, that's exactly what the point I was making. Though I was saying like Dolly's got the full, the charm meter is full. I think MJF is like nearly full, if not totally full, and also talented. Yeah. It's it's like he's got both. It's it's a, the pretty impressive. Uh, also, I wrote down MJF all the time taking notes for this movie and uh that i realized like halfway through that is the uh initials that a very very talented aew wrestler uses no. uh he's like one of the best heels in the world so i'm gonna try not to say mjf all the time because the wrestling people listen to this podcast i'm not sure how many of them there are but they'll be like wait what, what does it stand for about? his name is maxwell jacob freeman and he's better than you and you know it does he wear like the the sweater around the shoulders and like boat shoes uh burberry scarf i was close uh, he's like a Long Island guy. Is he like the uh, third or the fourth? No, no, just the just the Maxwell Jacob Friedman thing. Uh, but it's you've got the that's you've got I, the, the general vicinity of it. You yeah. get it. It's, I mean, it's it's to hear it it's is broad, to get it's it. It's a broad character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why it works so well. And uh, the character in that in that him. movie we pitched a while a long long time ago about the the neighborhood full of eighties movie villains and and bullies yes. that don't realize that they're bullies. Yes, exactly. Uh, the best thing about him is that in everywhere but Long Island, he's like a scumbag heel. Boo, boo, boo. We hate you. Rah, 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 rah. His mom even gets in on the kayfabe. She's like, my son didn't call me for Mother's Day because he's a piece of shit. Oh, That's so mom doesn't think he's great. Yeah, yeah. But when he goes to Long Island, it's just full, because he's from there, just full support and cheers. It's like Bizarro Land. It's really delightful when it happens. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about a different MJF, Michael J. Fox, uh, charming, charming king of Hollywood in uh, for a, what probably an eight year period there, eight or ten. It's up there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure when Family Ties started, but I know that that was like a hit when Back to the Future came out. That's '85. It goes to like maybe the he gets eh, the Frighteners is probably where it falls off. That's '96. Yeah. So eight to ten years somewhere in there. Uh, this movie I had never seen before. Same for you, I'm guessing. No, I have not. Um, this is one I feel like wasn't around. Like, it, I'm sure it had its heyday on cable and whatnot, but I feel like it did not, it did not make the culling to, to when we were more cable. Well, I mean, I'll, I didn't care for this, so there's that. But also, like... I knew that was going to be the case. It's an hour and 50 minutes, which is like a weird cut it, to do for cable. It is... It is also 10 minutes too long, which is... 10? You like, think it's 10 minutes? 15. <laughs> I think it's 20 minutes too long. <laughs> I, I found this movie kind of charming. I'm going to be honest with you. I like... Look, I get like you, big picture criticisms. Of course, you could be like, yes, like this movie only works with a white man. That's all valid. That's all true. Like, fine. Uh, but sometimes you got to meet things where they live. And I was trying to meet the movie where it lives, which is like... I was more frustrated by all the, the, the rapey sexual assault going on. Just left and right. Sure. Just left and right. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, this movie is operating under the old logic, which is that it's not sexual assault when it happens to a man, you see. <laughs> I know. Uh, but like I said, sometimes you got to meet the movie where it's at. And, and the premise of this movie, what if the most charming man you ever met faked Which I'm pretty sure is just I the, like, I get it. the plot of the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. I mean, you would know that more than me. I, that's not one I've. I think I did a number for that in some dance class, but I've never like seen it. Um, Wasn't Daniel Radcliffe in? He that? was at one point. That was it. 
I could see a Radcliffe, like, if you were to remake this movie, a Radcliffe is a perfect choice. Not now, Radcliffe. He's a little too old, I think. But Well, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. But I see what fine, you mean. Fine. But in terms of talent and looks, like, you know, I mean, he's my favorite working actor, so. You think? I have never been disappointed by a Daniel Radcliffe movie. Like, he has infinite money. He, he found the infinite money glitch, which is being something ridiculously powerful and successful yeah. when you're, like, eight. And so... Everything and do it of your own accord. Cl- yeah, 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 yeah. Every single thing he does is the most interesting choice he could make. Like he doesn't do anything because he has to. He does only the things that he finds interesting. It's it's it is so fascinating. Like the stuff he chooses is in- inevitably extremely interesting. Was he in the D&D are they all movie? good? No, um, no. But he probably would fit right in. There. That's what I I thought he was in that for some reason. No, you got your you got your Chris Pine. Very very entertaining movie, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if the guy from Detective Pikachu and also Jurassic World. Yep, 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 yep. Way better in Pikachu. Uh, you got uh, always looks like she just smelled a fart. Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. She's in that. Her tough her her tough girl face is like something stinks in here. That's what a little I bit. Think. I like her, but her face makes me like she's like, what smells bad? <laughs> is it the trash? Did you, when's the last time we took the trash out? That's the face she has on her face at all times. Uh, and I forget who the other... She played the... It's, uh, it's the redhead from It, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Bev Cleary. No, Bev, 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 Bev. What's Bev's Marsh. name in It? Whatever Bev's name is. There it is, Beverly Marsh. Sophia. Sophia Lewis. Beverly Cleary. I'm, there it is. Thank you. Uh, very charming movie. Also, really enjoyed it looks that. Cute. It's, it's apparently uh, on Paramount Plus now or soon. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's there now. The uh, the thing with that movie is, is that like Marvel movies, it's really fucking corny. But unlike Marvel movies, it has zero embarrassment about the fact that it is very corny. It's very refreshing. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. It's like, it's like I, I feel like there's a stink on Marvel where like everyone involved has this like 5% like, yeah, I know. But like, it's just, you know, stupid, right? Like, wink. And this movie's like, no, this is great. It's real corny. We're we're on an adventure, and we're, we're all we're here. Kinda, we're, we all we yeah. all saw the tin and said, "That's what I want." Yeah, don't make fun of me. for I it. I have a loot. My name is Chris Pine, and I'm carrying a loot. That's what I'm doing in this movie. <laughs> yep, I have no embarrassment about this. That's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, recommend. Uh, follow me on Letterbox for more opinions on current movies. Anyway, uh, the premise here is very simple. Michael J. Fox, ultimate charming human being. Lives in Kansas. There's some great stuff with like mom and dad. Did you recognize really afraid mom? of him moving to New York? I did not write her down, so maybe, but not sure. She is the neighbor with cancer in Christmas with the Cranks. No way! Uh-huh. My most hated movie. Uh-huh. Wow! I was like, God, she looks wow. so familiar. And I'm scrolling through her thing. I'm like, oh, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Christmas with the Cranks. Who's she in that? Oh. The Sad Neighbor with Cancer. Uh, this is directed by Herbert Rass. I think I wrote that down. It could be a Ross. My handwriting is atrocious. But uh, he also directed, in addition to this, My Blue Heaven, which we'll, we'll touch on on the Patreon in June. Also, uh, Footloose, previous episode, also available on Patreon. Oh. And um, uh, Max Dugan Returns, one of Mom's faves. Oh, isn't that a Neil times. Simon piece? Uh, it If it isn't, it is like... <laughs> the the greatest Neil Simon. It's like an AI wrote a Neil Simon. If it's not a yeah. Neil Simon, you know that's I mean? one. Of the, that's like the one that like because it sounds like a sequel. People were confused. 
Yes, yes. It's a charming little movie. Um it's it's not got a lot going on for the podcast, I don't think, but it's a it's a pretty charming little movie. You got you got your Matthew Broderick, you got it's like a sweet little story, kind of like if Princess Bride didn't have the fantasy elements, just like a like the grandpa part of Princess Bride. It's like a sweet little story. <laughs> I know, but that's not a it's not a great sell. Oh, I'm it's not I mean it's a, it's a little it's they don't I truly like they don't make that kind of movie anymore. It's like just this little like it is like calling it a drama is a lot. It's like a little like slice of life family picture. Slice of life seems like a genre. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like there's no real stakes to it and you know everybody's pretty much happy at the beginning and then happy at the end. There's not like a great, like there's some character arc and journey, but it's not like anything great as much like this movie, honestly, where it's like, Michael J. Fox's arc is like, <laughs> he's, he's a do he's a goofball. He fakes his way into the boardroom spoilers. And then, uh, over the course of faking his way into the boardroom, just like makes friends with enough famous rich people or not famous, but rich people that he can just like become the King at the end. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, but I love the, uh, I love the terrified parents. And then we immediately go from like terrified parents to, and it's funny that they actually use this song later, which is a movie crime and we'll get to it. But I was thinking of the, like, it was a very meh theme song. Yeah. Not good. Uh, it's, it's, a uh, it's, uh, Night Ranger, the band who did Sister Christian. I thought it sounded like very close to Sister <laughs> Christian the whole time. Yeah, it is. It is. It's because it is them. I was like, I've um, never heard someone try so hard to be an eighties hair metal band without being one. No, they were, they just didn't for yes. this. Also, that reminded me, this is the only time this is relevant. My, one of my favorite jokes about Park, Parks and Rec was they had the music festival and the band that was like finishing up their set before uh, Jeff Tweedy's fake band came on was Bobby Night Ranger. Oh, yeah. And it was a sister Christian cover band that dresses like Bobby Knight, which I was like, that's really, that's a Bob's Burgers level joke, but I love it. Uh, anyway, but there's like these bibs, like it's like everywhere down the street, it's just like bibs, bibs, bibs. And it's like, you can see like in a different movie, Michael J. Fox would do the like sunglasses. He acts as though he's never seen a woman before. I mean, he's from a small town in Kansas. There were probably only like six eligible women. (laughs) I'm, but he acts as though he's Encino man or what's the other one? Not Encino man. What's the other (laughs) one? I mean, it would, I really feel like this is the, okay. Remember we watched Footloose? And the whole uh, that was a long time ago. Small town in Kansas, but like you remember that the the high school had thirty people in it in all four grades. It was like it's that's he would feel like no, it's man. it's not Encino man. It's the other one. It's the bunker one. It's oh uh, blast. From yeah, the past. he's he acts like like he's he's literally been kept in a bunker, only seen his parents, and I was like, there are women. It's just very strange. I, I think Encino man was the right call. Also, there is this movie has too much New York City B roll, and <laughs> it's a lot. and holds on to shots a good like ten seconds longer than they need to consistently. Yeah, and I'm like, that's why yeah. this movie's so fucking long. If you went in and yeah. chopped out the last ten seconds off like most of the scenes, where like, yeah, I don't need to watch this sad man pack up his desk. I don't. He's not a yeah. character. Yeah. He's not named. Right. I don't need to watch right. this any longer. Yeah, this should have been a sad guy walking to the elevator, and Michael J. Fox like looks at the Wait, office. Who's that guy? Yeah, just uh, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. I agree with you. I'm I, jumping ahead. I'm sorry, but yes. Is, yeah, I don't think this movie's great, but I do like a bunch of it. Um, we get a great sad apartment. I'm confused because it looks like it's. It seems like he's just moving in, 
but it also already seems like a hoarder apartment. I think they like moved him into a hoarder's apartment. It was like, yeah, kid, you can take apartment 3B if you clean the trash out of it. Got it. That was the vibe I got. I, Given how you don't want the movie to be longer, I thought you'd appreciate not having that scene. Well, here's the thing. You needed it. You could have, you could have uh, cut out a few minutes later that weren't necessary and put those here. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do an hour, 50-minute movie, put the time where it belongs. Like, use the time right. wisely. Right. I shouldn't uh, be I having also, questions like... about why, why things are happening or what is happening in your hour, 50-minute <laughs> movie. You had more than enough time to complete That's the fair. challenge. That's fair. Um, so he gets fired on day one. It's the same thing as um, like, Don't Trust the Bee. Yeah, you're right. That is the that is exactly the plot. I did not remember that until you said it, but that is the plot there. Uh, fired on day one, and then it's just the series of interviews. We get like you know him answering questions and stuff. Explanation uh, of just how shitty the job market is and always will be and has been since yeah, time yeah. immemorial. Yeah, it was it was the the. How do you get an entry level? How do you have experience for an entry level job? It's an entry level job thing being the bit of this movie from 1988 or 89. I forget. Something like that. Or maybe 91. Yeah. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But uh, the that being the beat is like kind of hysterical to me, like that it just persisted forever. Also, we got a quick uh, one scene guess job not cameo but uh bruce mcgill 87 is correct uh bruce mcgill uh great great uh you know popping up character guy was he in seinfeld uh, too because there's a number of people in seinfeld in this movie a lot of seinfelders in this bad boy uh d-day in, in animal house is the biggest one for bruce mcgill i uh can't remember if he did a seinfeld i don't think he did a seinfeld hmm. he's the one with the like real flat top and the bushy mustache yeah the first interviewer he, yeah 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 Yeah, it's the we need people with experience well, I went to co- I went to college. No, no, no. You have to do our training program. Well, then, what's yes. the point of college? Like, everything's yeah. broken. Yeah, it's good. It's Burn good it all thing. down and McGill, build it back up. It's all fucking broken. McGill plays it perfectly, and I love the one right after where he has this very fake resume, and the woman is like, "You're too experienced." Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we immediately get to a payphone, and uh, he's calling home. And I'm sorry. You could not call Kansas from a payphone. You would have had to have a bucket of change to make this phone call. Unless he did collect. Was that a thing? I guess he could have called collect, but I can't imagine he wants to like project to mom and dad that like I have to call you collect. Because he's he's claiming this is the phone in his house, remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. And then we get a shootout. This is the funniest this is the funniest scene in the movie I agree. to me, honestly. This this it's because it was so good. early, I had I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then it just like doesn't do that. <laughs> it, this movie bought a lot of goodwill from me with this scene. I was like, oh, this is magnificent. Like, great physical uh, physical comedy from uh, Michael J. Fox. Tom uh, alluded to that in his message as well. And I had watched the movie before I saw his message. And I was like, oh, yeah. he he Like, this movie is a really good physical comedy showcase for, for Michael J. Fox. It was, the only thing I would have liked more is if a, a, a criminal had jumped through the phone booth next to him and, like, sure. taken the whole phone yeah. booth down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just Michael J. Fox, like, whole, it's the the whole phone booth, and it's just, the it's like the phone is on a stalk, and he's still there. Yes. Like, oh, okay, gotta go, mom, bye, uh-huh. click, and uh-huh. then the thing falls or, over. Or it could have been, yeah, like, love it. The, he's like, okay, mom, I gotta go, and then the guy tackles through it, and it breaks the phone, so he's just left holding the phone and no cord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, also, he then goes home and pulls a loose slice of pizza out of a bag? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are we doing? 
they hadn't invented the plate in the bag technique in New York City yet. I see. I think the plate was in there, but so I was like, why is there a bag at all? Just put it on a plate. <laughs> well, they sometimes when you get the to-go slice, they do this the the plates. It's usually the two plates to like fanned out, slice on the plates, and then that whole thing into a bag to keep. I've never gotten a bag. I mean, I've did I did a lot of slices in college, and we never did a bag. It was well. The, it depends on the situation. If it's clearly like a walk in and eating, then they're not giving you the bag. But sometimes you're doing. Sometimes like they'll put another plate on top. Like if it's kind sure, of rainy or plate. something, they'll give you the plate on yeah, top moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen the bag version of the two plate method. Uh, she tells him to go visit his uncle Howard, who is like your standard '80s businessman. Um, it's kind of great this scene as well that she goes into this guy's office also uh the movie kind of implies air quotes around uncle howard and i kept waiting for it to be like you're not actually my nephew this is a big misunderstanding well, to be like a punchline because she says that he married someone who uh, he married a, a family member who then died yes so he, it's like very tangential right it seems like he's never met this guy and patty from elvira is his secretary who frankly should yes. have played a larger part in this movie yeah she's really good and it's a way too small part for she adds a lot here. well i just mean like in general like her being in Susan on the Keller scheme name, the would have been like a like a yes. fun dynamic yep 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 and she's like covering for him as he does a quick change doing both roles say, like yeah. Sa- yeah. saying hi to him like yeah i think because she missed opportunity She's the entry into like, oh, the charming thing is going to work because he he talks to her. She's like, he doesn't have any room in his appointments. Can I leave a message? And he's like, yeah, hold on. Walks over to this photocopy machine that's just inexplicably in the hallway. Yeah, right. Photocopies, photocopies his face and is like, hi, I'm your nephew. And leaves it on. Genuinely great bit. That's I funny, love yeah. this bit. And she's so charmed by it. She's like, all right, I'll see if he's available. Like, she totally, she's totally buys in on this, which I get. It's Michael J. Fox. How could you not be? Yeah. But also, like, at the end, of the, it's also uh, a funny story. Like, hey, boss, this guy says he's your nephew and did this. Like, will you entertain yes. this for a few minutes? Yes, yes. Uh, Susan Kellerman, by the way, in addition to uh, uh, whatever movie you said that I Elvira. already. Uh, Elvira. Beetlejuice. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, and uh, last holiday with Queen Latifah. She's like the German mean lady. No I way about that. Yeah, the one who's like stealing the secrets. Your soul. Your yeah. Though you're dying of cancer. Yeah. I didn't know that was her. That's fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, we get a immediately a water fountain meet cute between MJ Fox. Well, and he has to get hired first. Yeah. Okay. He he, uh, he meets with his uncle. Hired. I did gloss over that. And, and yes. there's a whole conversation in which his uncle says. Among other things, we are this company borrowed more money from banks last year than Mexico did, and I was like, "Why is a company borrowing so much money, my dude? Isn't isn't <laughs> yeah, your job right? to make the money?" I thought that was your whole right. thing. Oh, well, you see, you got to borrow the money to make the money. Like Mister Mister Big Business feels like I'm not a lot. I'm not a. I'm not. A, I don't have an MBA, but it feels like the baseline of what a, a business should do is make the money. Right, but you know, it's like the thing that the rich people do where they like, they're like, I have all this money. Let me take out a loan because you know I have the money. So let me spend your money. And then if there's a failure, I can figure it out later. I hate it all. <laughs> uh, money's mostly mostly just numbers on spreadsheets these days. I know. Well, also, this when he's talking to his uncle, his uncle's like, what do you do? Like, like kind of in, grilling him. 
And at no point yeah. does Michael J. Fox go, I, f- I interviewed and accepted a position at this company doing th- in this right. role, doing these tasks and was, right, and it right. was hostilely taken over on the first day. Like I was like, right. that feels like it's not nothing. Right. Also, you would think that given that the a hostile takeover is later a plot point in this movie, that the hostile takeover in the first would be related somehow the company. Well, just be the same company. And so that gives the uncle an incentive to be like, oh, I hate those sons of bitches. You're hired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, we never know what his job was. Like, I truly, right. someone apparently, I think Roger Ebert said it, it, the script felt like they wrote it in the 50s and put it in a drawer and then pulled it out yes. again in the 80s and didn't update it. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. It does have a, a definitely like Frank Capra-esque energy. Yeah. Like, th- like they could have put, um, what's his name from... I guess that's not the 50s, but the the point stands. No, I guess in the 50s. I was going to say, uh, what's his name from Wonderful Life? And Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> like, yeah, this yeah, was yeah. Cl- oh, yeah. Like, that's what I meant. Could have yeah. put a hit, uh, yeah. Jimmy Stewart. They fired me on the first day. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't even gotten in my office. Um, so yeah, he doesn't, he never brings that up, which feels weird. He yeah, just agreed. does the classic, like, I'm going to annoy my way into a job, which isn't yeah. how anything works. It, it happens so often in movies. <laughs> well, that's because that's the way it used to happen. Well, no, it happens in it happens in movies now. I'm I am less annoyed with annoy my way into a job than I am with annoy my way into a relationship, which is I think a way worse lesson to teach there, people. Yeah, that, yeah. Like in in that shitty movie Burlesque with Cher and Christina Aguilera, she literally annoys her way into an audition, and the whole time I was like, that's n-. no. They would say leave. Get out. Yes. You have no yeah. power here. Yeah. That is also basically what happens in Showgirls, which I just watched for the first time. Yeah. Uh, we get a water fountain meet cute. Uh, a weird or, ass sequence. Yeah. Also, she's got this like Nancy Reagan ass haircut. It's just That's nothing what to they flatter. Did. This, That's this, sort of the I, kind of I, time. I know it was the style at the time, but it was bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to you. It's very bad. Yeah. It's like it this so close to being a Diana, which is a much better haircut. Yes, yes, yes. It's like a it's like a Nancy Diana combo. Yeah. The worst aspects of both. <laughs> but yeah, he like he sees her drinking water and then all of a sudden the lobby empties out and she's like in a gown across the room slowly wa- I was like what are yes. we doing? Yeah. 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 She's going through the revolving easy. door repeat like she doesn't leave. She gets like, in yes, and just stays in there it. until she disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was I what? was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it's like, oh, the dress gets stuck and now she's in lingerie. Like that was the level of insanity yeah. we were working with. And then the lobby actually is empty and he just walks out right. by himself. And I was like, how much time has passed? <laughs> Michael, I, I'm imagining that like you see like the real version of the movie and she like takes a drink and like we're like a ticking clock goes by and Michael J. Fox is just standing there staring silently into nothing. We watch the sun go down in the office. Yeah, yeah. Like a full two hours elapses and then he snaps out of it. Uh, the writer of this movie, by the way, uh, Top Gun, Turner and Hooch, and Anaconda. What a, what a trio. Why I would not have I would not have guessed all of that. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot to write their name down, so I apologize. Oh man, I was just thinking. I was just watching something that, and I can't remember. There was like Tom Hanks was offered the lead in this role. But then Turner and Hooch and something else failed so badly. They were like, you're not good anymore. We take it back. And now I can't remember <laughs> what it was. I don't know, but that's a, a weird choice because that movie stinks, but he's good in it. Yeah. He's always good. I guess it was like you didn't make any money. Yeah. 
Uh, we got we, he, so he was working in the mailroom now with his uh, male Joan Cusack. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And his boss is a miserable son of a bitch. Really good performance from this guy. He's dressed almost exactly like Harry Dean Stanton in Alien, which really tripped me up. It's like the Hawaiian shirt and oh, the captain's yeah. hat. Uh, it's the first of of two really agree. Like you can't just do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that that outfit is taken. You can't just have it. I'd be like if you did a movie now where unironically two characters dressed in the orange and blue tuxedos like Dumb and Dumber, and it was just like not not a reference to that. Yeah, but just like it. oh, we're just in this movie crime. Also, this his ma- his mailroom manager certainly does not get paid enough to give as much of a shit as he does. No, is the mail no, getting delivered? It's, it's, yes, that is the end of his. I know this man. Yeah. I've met this man before. Yeah. That is the yeah. end yeah. of his caring. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's like, wh- what are you doing, kid? You got that smoking cigarettes? Like, who cares? Did is the job done? Has anyone complained about the mail? Good. That I do not care. It's out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the his 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 Joan Cusack, which is a really good pool, his little partner guy, uh, gives him the rundown of the thing. He's like, you can't talk to the people in the suits. He takes him around to do rounds. Um, that Michael J. Fox is immediately seeing the flaws in the systems upstairs. Immediately, he starts reading mail and memos, which I'm like, I don't know about yeah. like inner inter office mail, but regular right. mail that's a crime. That's a just a straight right. up crime, right? I can't imagine like reading a general memo is an issue, but he's opening envelopes. He is it's like something about this feels against the at least against the rules, if not the letter of the law. And he starts saying like, wow, these two people have the same job title and they're not communicating with each other. And I was like, oh, are we are we going to get into like a, a, a Carol, Carol? And it's like, yes, we find out yes, that like yes. the company's shady and they hire people with the same title or like slightly different titles. But like, right, right. I thought we were going to get into that and it was going to be more of a, uh, yeah, yeah. a nine to five situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's having like sort of long distance lust over, oh, Helen Slater is the name of the actress of, uh, the interest here, who was also, yeah, Christy, uh, also in Ruthless People, previous episode, mm-hmm. and City Slickers, possible future episode. And Seinfeld, I'm pretty sure. Gotta be. She seems like I think she was, no, you know who, she, she was Becky Gelke. girlfriend. I remember reading this. She was Becky Gelke. Oh, okay, okay. Like, she, she has the vibe of a classic one episode Jerry girlfriend. Um, so... They're they get a call in the mailroom. They're like, "Hey, we need someone to drive uh, this this woman home." And the guy's like, "That's not what we do here." And then they're like, "Hey, asshole, I'm the executive. Do what I say." And he's like, "Right, oh yes, right away." Hey, Michael J. Fox, drive this woman home. Go hey, drive please. a limousine. Which, like, I'm yeah. pretty sure you seems, there's specific limo licenses. I think I would guess it seems like really challenging to to maneuver such a big vehicle. I mean, I guess you don't need a license to drive like a U-Haul, and that's a differently big vehicle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It seems wild. Um, uh, but he's driving home, and uh, the the woman's uh, kind of a jerk, and her husband's an even bigger jerk. It's it's Margaret Witten from uh, Major League. She played the owner of uh, the team in Major League, mm. the one that they have covered up with post-its, and they're like revealing so she's supposedly naked underneath. I don't. Did, You've never seen Major League. I'm realizing. I was like, I did we do this on the podcast? And I'm not remembering. Like, There's no way he's seen Major League. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> uh, pretty good, pretty funny movie, if I recall correctly. Probably wildly problematic. I have not seen it in many years. Uh, but so he's driving her home, and this is where we get also pre GPS. So like, how does he know where to yeah. go? <laughs> right. He asks her for help, and she's like, "Just take me home." She's she's kind of channeling. Um, oh, geez, well, the actress from uh, Arrested Development. Oh, oh, Jessica Walters? 
Yeah, he's she's kind of that. doing like that Jessica Walters aloofness of like, well, what could it cost? Ten dollars, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we get this is an egregious movie crime. Ferris Bueller used date, and this movie uses it fucking twice. Twice. And the second time, That's... I have big notes about the second time. We'll get into it, but day bow bow. It, it is. Day Bao Bao has been taken and spoken for. It's okay if a movie doesn't use it in an iconic way or it's like it's if it's like some little B movie, who cares? This Ferris Bueller was a huge hit, like a massively successful movie. It is a significant part of the movie that this song plays. It's off the table. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You can't make another fucking plane movie and use Highway to the Danger Zone. Tom Cruise took it. It's off the table. It's also these things work. Day Bao Bao is a around a car in ferris bueller mm-hmm. you it, it like you can't use uh fucking uh the the dirty i've had the time of my life i'm sorry it's taken. you can you but can not in a dance it. sequence right yeah exactly unless you're doing like a like a reference to it or, you or it's like it. we're gonna do a montage of the relationship something like someone's probably dying i, I I honestly feel like it would be a movie crime in any case with that song, but I could see a possibility what you're talking about. And certainly you can't just two, one year after Ferris Bueller be like, ah, oh, I got the perfect song, the one from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Let's use it two times. He also compliments her and she immediately gets horny. And <laughs> and it's like the smallest of compliments. It's so sad. It is it's very sad. But, but then they're like cut, like really Tarantinoing her feet. And then. She yes, puts on yes, yes. lipstick and clearly was directed by someone who's never put on lipstick because she like, <laughs> I don't know how they did it. She like pulls the top off and the lipstick is already completely out. Yes. It's like, yeah. I was twisted wondering entirely. Like some... And I was like, what are we doing? I was wondering if it was like some lipstick based technology where it's like, oh, with our lipstick, when you pull it off, it initiates the twist for you. So it's like one motion. I know. The only thing I know similar to that is they were called flip glosses in the late 90s where it looked like a lighter flip. Like F-L-I-P. Yeah. It looked like a lighter, like a tiny lighter. And you would flick it and the little lip gloss, the little like lid would pop open and the gloss would pop out. Uh huh. It was like a. Bonnie Bell or one of those like lip smackery kind of things. Okay. Oh, uh, speaking of things where we're talking about something that we don't fully understand, I got a nice email. I understand uh, makeup. Okay, but you were talking about like the 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 specific type of lipstick. Uh, I we got an email that I was going to read and I forgot about it. I'm just going to read it now, even though it's kind of a, a tangent here. But we got an email from a listener named Brad. Uh, looks like Brad from California uh, on the Traveler's Checks things. And he said... Because um, those are also a plot point in the the Love and Death and Candy shows. So I'm also remembering them from those, too. Okay. The Traveler's Checks. Yes. Yeah. So he said, uh, early on in widespread Europe, European travel, it was difficult to get cash unless you went to a major bank in a capital city. So Amex established off- established offices at popular destinations and to provide services and then became trusted by the British government to help with money transfers for soldiers in World War One, as well as delivering oh, that packages old. and other wow. services. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of times in old films, you see overseas travelers find reliable sources of money and services there. Um, it was the first and by far the most widely accepted around the world. American Express travelers checks were the preferred way to carry money worldwide for Americans for many, many years. I'm 55 and growing up, I remember references to the reputation of American Express in the media. Uh, 
this actually, this part's funny. I was, I was just going to tell it to you, but everyone can hear it. It's fine. Thanks for your podcast. I'd listen more, but I've never been uh, a fan of horror. So I have good. I haven't seen about 50% oh. of the movies you cover, which I found very funny. Uh, thank you, Brad. Thank you. That was uh, good info. Yeah, appreciate it. Always like to hear from listeners out there. Uh, dissecting the 80s at gmail.com if you want to write in the show. But yeah, she as had well her lipstick twisted all the way up, which just like yeah. isn't how yeah, you I, do it. Like I'm an idiot and I'm aware of like how lipstick tubes, I truly convinced myself. I was like, oh, this must have been like a thing where it's like as the, the, the tube comes up, it extends. And then as you put the tube back on, it, it retracts. Like it's like some. I, like, I can't imagine based. there would be an easy way to do that without smooshing up your lipstick. Like, like when you look at the testers in a, in a, in like an Ulta or a drugstore and they're all just like smooshed yeah. up into the top because some shitty little kid was fucking around. Yeah, I was thinking it would be like a situation where the tube is like uh, narrow on the bottom and wider at the top. So like the pulling motion causes it to spin up. And then as you push down, it does the opposite. I'm sure that is feasible. I don't know why. Like, it's one of the classic, like, what problem are we solving? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, click twist is not like a hard thing to fix. Uh, I do love the uh, the divider fight. They're like he's like trying to put up the privacy thing. Yeah. And she keeps taking it down. They're going back and forth, and she's very clearly angling to get boned here. She comes uh, in hot. It does. It does. It also leads to a great gag where they're like having the fight, and clearly he he loses, and she's like being really flirty, and then the windshield wiper spray. It's like real cheesy shit, but I laughed. Yeah, and so like this part I didn't hate yet because I was like she's I. It's established why she would come on to him. It's not like in fucking Halloween 3 when this like 20-year-old waif was like, yeah, oh, 70-year-old yeah, yeah. man with a mustache, do me in this gross <laughs> uh, hotel. That's 55-year-old Hollywood sex icon Tom Atkins. Thank you very much. In this, it was like, oh, my husband's cheating on me. I'm very dissatisfied. I'm very rich. You're extremely It's my money. Extremely available. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's like the husband is like the the like little loser married into money thing. Yeah, which it, it's word. it's Danny DeVito in in Ruthless People. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, she's she starts smoking a cigarette in the fucking back of the limo with all the windows up, which is insane. Yes, but also in this movie world, taking three puffs of a cigarette in a car immediately turns it into like Friday <laughs> or next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> sure sure what the mystery machine actually yeah. looks like well no the mystery machine in that in the the first joke in scooby-doo the, the movie yeah 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 yeah. the the james gunn ones yes um and then and then another great gag they get out and it's this beautiful like rolling hills or rolling estate uh it's not really hills it's just a huge plot of land and she's like uh i the trees they suck up all the oxygen and michael j fox like i'm actually i think they, they make out the oxygen what are you, Mr. Wizard? And she's like just firing down another dart. It's just like just so many cigarettes in this movie. And so she's like, you're going to stay and go for a swim and hang out with me. He's like, well, I need to go back. And I'm like, well, first of all, don't simp for a job. We, we can figure something <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I like that she, in a rare twist for this kind of thing, she calls the company and she's like, hey, the guy who drove me, he's going to stay here and do, do work around my house. So make sure he yeah. gets paid for a full day. Which, like, yeah. you never hear that in this kind of situation. No, it's no. just like, whatever I, happened. The, o- the, o- the only thing missing was an end tomorrow when he drives home. Yes. Would have been great. Um, um, really modest bathing scene I, for this it is, scene. I this, is scene, this scene is dumb. 
She's like, I love to go swim. She talk about like, I, I play tennis. She just says it sexually. She's like, yeah. I play tennis, I swim, whatever. She's like, let's go for a swim. And he, so he jumps in the pool. And then she comes out in like a fucking Esther Williams swim cap. <laughs> yes. And and like a, almost a tankini. And I was like, yeah. I thought you yeah. wanted to it's, bone town. This, this bathing suit has so much coverage. It's so bizarre. And then she like does a perfect dive. And I was like, I thought we were getting sick. Like movie. Yeah. You yeah. pick the stupidest things to focus on and give screen time to. <laughs> well, like, shouldn't she do a perfect dive? But like, we don't know it, but she's untied her bikini top and then it just starts like floating on the water. And she's like, oh, I seem to have lost something. You Instead, know? Like, she fully just rips his, un- his bathing suit off in the water. Yes, and it's to the it's a, this is not a movie crime because it's a good bit. It's the Jaws theme as she's like attacking him. This is, him this is excellent use of the Jaws theme. <laughs> Extremely good bit. There is a predator the in these waters. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very good. Also, I'm sure this is like an HD thing, but Michael J. Fox is clearly like, wearing clearly she... nudies. <laughs> yes, they're so weird looking. It's like a full diaper thing. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing Spanx. Yeah, yeah, but like really, like they're like a pair of very chunky men's briefs. Like they look padded. Yeah, it's weird. So they bone, and she's like, "I like you. I'm gonna get my husband to give you a leg up in the company." And this fucking hayseed goes, "No, I want to earn my way up," and then proceeds to not yeah. do that. So like, I don't. No, it drives me yeah, nuts because I don't know what the yeah. moral quote unquote or like whatever is because his whole thing is like, "No, I want to earn it. I want to do it myself," and then doesn't do that so he he does technically do it himself but earn it is the absolute wrong word like he does he's like no i won't i won't get my way up through sex i'll get my way up through lying like they're both not great business strategies yeah right right well (laughs) one's one's a very popular and effective they're not super ethical they're both i think they're both equally popular I think unethical. I think they're both equally "quote unquote" popular in common. <laughs> unethical for sure. I think they're popular. Both e- unethical. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "What are uh, we?" Yeah. I was like, "I." I was like, "This is annoying." Because I thought I was like, "Oh, he's gonna like be his own person," and like that's it's gonna be a thing. Yeah. And also, this is where we realize uh, much to. The I was mad. I didn't think of ca- like every, clock this before. E- Every user of internet pornography, uh, apparently, that he's her, she's his aunt. Step so aunt. He's an aunt. It's, yeah, there's no step aunt in this thing here. This is just a full aunt. Well, no, I think it is technically if she married after. Oh, you're she's right. She's technically a step you, aunt. Yes, that's right. Isn't that how that works? Second wife. So this is yes. It, I didn't. I got it wrong. That's even funnier. <laughs> Hi, step aunt. So she's a step aunt. Yeah, yeah. Step aunt. Step aunt. Step uncle are the dumbest like qualifiers. <laughs> Yeah, right. I I think this is because you and I came like we had a family where the parents' friends were the were aunt and uncle without any issue. a handful of them. But yeah, I have not not like yeah. everyone, but like the, no, the few no close no. family friends were you know aunt and uncle. But I have encountered recently the the use of Mister and Misses or Miss Mister and Miss. So instead of being Uncle Trip, it's Mister Trip. Oh. Which is a thing that is more prevalent down here, I suppose. But I, and I'm not. This is not to throw. Like they're both fine. Like I don't really care. But I, like they're. It's a, interesting. Uh, basically, uses. But I have encountered that recently with uh, with you know friends, uh, kids, and friends of friends' kids, where it's like, oh, it's Mister Trip. Go say hi to Mister Trip. 
I didn't realize that. I mean, I only, I don't, I only have a couple friends. I've never like encountered it before in, as an adult in like having babies stage of their life. So yeah, yeah, I had not encountered it until I was an adult. I never that, that was new to me. But apparently, it's pretty prevalent. Like a lot of people know that one. Huh? Yeah, Mister and Mrs. First Name or Miss First Name, depending on the person. Interesting. So we I always knew Uncle. Yeah, yeah. Was the I told my friend I was like, "Your baby's gonna call me Auntie. I'm gonna be her kooky, her kooky <laughs> aunt, like in Sabrina." Uh, the husband comes home and Michael J. Fox. It's says, Uncle hey, Howard. Really, Uncle Howard comes home. Really great leap out the window. It's, it's good. like a, he, it's a perfect like he Whee! looks graceful for a moment and then it's a belly flop and he's just like in the bushes with dogs all around. Mm-hmm. Very good. Perfect, perfect putts thing. And then Uncle Howard, this absolute putts. As speaking of putzes, his wife is naked with just a sheet over her and she's like, "Hey, uh, I was feeling romantic." And he's like, hey, any roast beef in the fridge? I need a sandwich. Like, what are we doing, bud? Yeah, I didn't get, I needed the Danny DeVito treatment that, like, he doesn't love her. He never loved her. Like, yeah, I need the sitch. So at this point, we're going back to New York City. Michael J. Fox is, like, walking on the street. And I pause the movie. I, TMI, pause the movie. I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. okay. Come and sit back down. And in the... F- perfectly framed on the on the thing is this monopoly guy extra huge curly mustache bald head and i'm like oh ha 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 what a funny extra that i that i noticed in the movie monopoly man is like a like a tertiary character He's one in of the, the board movie, members right but clearly was like an extra that got bumped to featured extra role because like it's a it's a scene of like a mass of people walking down the street, and it's like Michael J. Fox and the other mailroom guy talking to each other mm-hmm. as they walk down the street, and he's just like in the crowd of extras. Like they're not all heading to this office; it's oh. just extras. Huh. And so he, my theory is he must have gotten like a bump up, or it was a situation where like I was imagining, like in uh, Halloween, the stories were like we didn't have enough leaves, we had to keep picking up the leaves and putting them around. Yeah. Where they're like, we don't have enough extras. All the <laughs> cast get in the shot. Like everybody in, I mean, get in the shot. That happened to me when I did that shitty commercial for prop for very dubious <laughs> stock things. <laughs> yeah, they 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 didn't get. I mean, I'm shocked they couldn't get enough people because it was a. The pay for what we had to do was stupidly good. <laughs> and so, like, f- it was in a theater. And so, for the most part, we filled, like, I don't know, the front quarter half with all of us. And so, for the wide shots of the guy on the stage talking, it was that. And then they're like, oh, now we need react. We need, like, the audience shots. So, I need everybody to move to the left side of the room. And we're going to shoot you for a few seconds. Then everyone, everybody go to the right <laughs> side of the room. Shoot you for seconds. Now... Everybody go up to the balcony on the left side. Cool. And now the right side. So I'm in, in these wide shots, like the full like audience. I'm there four times. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, the reason why they didn't have more people is because they paid you well instead of paying you shitty. But you would think that more people would show up to this thing. Oh, I'm assuming they had like, we will take X number and just move them around as opposed to like, let's fill the auditorium and pay them all a third. No, I don't know. That was my guess. I, I truly don't know. This... I, I keep I look it up occasionally and I I, fr- I can never remember what it's called because it was like you have to join this exclusive club and I was like that's no <laughs> it's like fake stock tips basically right yeah so it was basically like it was an algorithm that uh-huh. constantly scanned the stock exchange and when it uh-huh. noticed like a bunch of transactions that were out of character for a specific thing like. Normally, you know, Joe's Crab Shack doesn't do 
100 points in stock. I don't, these are not real. The com- I guess it's based on trading volume. Yes. Like and so the computer or the algorithm yeah. would go, that's a strange thing. They might know something. We're going to jump on it. Also do some exchanges. So it's basically like looking for signs of insider trading while not actually yeah. being insider trading. But <laughs> sure, you're sure. benefiting. Honestly, honestly, kind of a smart move. I agree. But like, thing. it's still yeah. you're it is legal insider trading. And like he made a joke about the that. Part, the part where it becomes a scam is where you're selling this information to other people because it's not necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was predicated on like, there's no guarantees, but like. Th- yeah, this could yeah, be nothing, course, but yeah. yeah, we're assuming based on history, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, so Michael J. Fox discovers there's an empty office up on, you know, the fifth floor or whatever it is. And we re- this movie is like 42 minutes in and we start recapping what has happened already in this movie. And I was like, what are you've we got to be fucking kidding me. It's I was there. It was three minutes ago. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. There's a tr- and then the, we, there's a track. There's like a running track on top of the building. Yes, yes. Truly one of the recap scenes is I rewound to check four minutes, four minutes elapsed. And then they're like, by the way, four minutes ago. I hate it. I would I would absolutely freak out running laps. Never. I would be like, nope, I won't. Nope. (laughs) Not going to. I I don't even have a big height thing. Like if we're just standing up there, whatever. Yeah. If you need me to yeah. run, I have a rooftop drink. Yeah, I'll have a rooftop drink, whatever. I'm not running around on the like 40th floor. Yeah. Yeah, at the top of the skyscraper. Uh, also, this is where I realized the Monopoly Man is a recurring character because there he is running alongside the track, bright orange sweatsuit, <laughs> big mustache, bald head. Oh. So this is where we find out that it's like a uh, hostile takeover is like imminent. The, this bad guy's buying up all their stock. Turns out to be played by uh, Richie Rich's dad, Fred Gwynn. Oh, that's right. It's not Richie Rich's dad. It's Fred Gwynn. My yeah. apologies. Yeah, uh, look alike. Um, <laughs> they're pretty close. Um, yeah, I, and I, I just like. It annoys me that for a movie that's about business, it spends 30 seconds of this hour, 50 minute movie talking about real, the real business of this company. Isn't it though? Like that stuff's so boring. I don't need like, but like in, in, uh, nine to five, which is my frame of reference for like a good movie about business, they explain like, oh, he is doing bad things. He is in, it's embezzling. I think right. That's when he what he's doing. He because he, he's like he's like I'm I'm renting this warehouse to fill with goods, but the warehouses are empty. Oh, in nine to five. In nine to yes, five. Yeah. Yes. In like, nine, yeah. 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 Sorry. I was like, yeah. I don't think that's what they're doing here. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I think you're correct. Yeah. So in that, it's, it's like while, he's embezzling in the company, and like there's it's very clear what the business you need to know is. And in this, it's right. just like business, 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 business. So here's the thing. The alternative, I feel like, is the thing in trading places, which I feel like most people, especially on this podcast, do not really understand. And yet the movie spends like a lot of time trying to explain it to me. And it's oh, the still bacon thing or the job. breakfast thing. Yeah, the orange juice futures is like kind of a compl- it's like kind of a complicated thing. Like a like a stock takeover is not necessarily that complicated. Like a a a person who wants to take over your company starts buying up outstanding shares, yeah. amasses enough to have control like, and takes over. I don't need the, the the business it could have been like Uncle Howard is like I'm married into this family. I'm not giving up like I need something that sure, says like sure, what sure. his stakes that, are. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Because you can do that, like something stupid, but like it's so strange that so much is just like business, 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 business. 
It sounds yeah, like a yeah. like a child playing with a Ken doll. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so M- Michael J. Fox fixes his first problem. Uh, he puts his suit on for the first time. Like you know, solve solve some problem in delivery. You know, a uh, 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 logistical problem, like a shipping issue, and then. Uh, I also don't like where he, this is where it would have been helpful to know what his job was going to be at the other company or like I thought I thought we knew that he has a business degree. I guess but business degrees is so business degree is so ephemeral. Like R- sure, sure. It's like saying but I got like, a communications you, if, degree. It's like okay, and yeah, what? I guess yeah, but like if you if, if a character with a acting degree did this at a theater and fixed some theater problem, you'd be like, "Oh, it's an acting degree." Like you, that's this must have been in the curriculum. I feel like you could hand wave that. To me, a theater degree has more specificity than business, because theater is like there's only a handful of things for theater. Business is just like hand wavy. <laughs> I think that's belying the fact that you have a little bit of a knowledge gap. Here. No, I know what a theater, but like I'm I'm downplaying that a theater degree is not worth the paper it's printed on. <laughs> Sorry. No, what I'm saying is like you perhaps are a little laggy in general business knowledge. I just feel like there's more to be gleaned, more to be learned in a business mm-hmm. field. Yeah. So like he he yeah. like I'm going to be a junior accountant or account a junior account executive or whatever the fuck nonsense yeah, terms. Yeah, yeah. But like I don't know I don't know why Michael J Fox is just knows this and is just good at this. Yeah, yeah. I, I because he's the most charming man in the world, obviously. That's the answer. That is the answer that the secret of my success which the secret of my success is, is charm. I am more charming. Yeah. Um Personnel would know really he like didn't this, get hired. Like I think this this movie says it lasts two months. This would have lasted a week. And now, but not then. This shit wasn't automated. But personnel would know. Like, there's only what, five hiring managers, six hiring managers that would be like, we didn't no one signed paperwork for this man. No one has any memory of interviewing him. But that's the thing is he's able to fake all the memos and cover his trail. That's like what he does here. Like this next sequence where he's like ordering office supplies and getting his nameplate and stuff is because he met all the people. He met all the people that really make the machines run on time. And so he's able to manipulate them. I'm talking about personnel, like HR. I don't know why they don't call it HR in this point. In, in the maybe, maybe, HR, maybe HR is a more recent term but I'm, what i'm saying is like why would anyone go to hr there's a nameplate on the door how could there be a nameplate on like who would even think to go to hr because there is a nameplate on the door and he has business cards how could all of that be true you know what i mean i guess it's like it's like he figured out all of the ways to avoid detection for two months by being like just charming to the people who probably get yelled at all day yeah and he gets a secretary he also does he also does my classic move, which is to blame some anonymous third party about something needing to be done quickly. That's like if you're ever having like in some, I think it's in Thirty Rock. Liz blames a guy, and then it turns out to be a real a real person, person it, gets, who's yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm all, I always just I, you have to be very vague with it. You're like, oh yeah, I, this has to get done today. I'm sorry, you know how they are, and then it's just like, oh yeah, sure, okay, no problem, okay. Uh, I don't do that at my current company because it's way too small. But my previous company, which was much bigger, was very easy to be like, oh, yeah, you know how they are. I got to get this done today. I'm sorry. I know you got to move stuff around to get this done for me. <laughs> and suddenly it gets done, which is what he does to get his business cards. But I love this little exchange with Helen Slater where he goes into her office and he's it's like, oh, this is the men's room. And she has one of the best lines in the movie. No, they took the urinals out last week. Would you like a paper cup? Because I know really good. they took the urinals out last week because I didn't like them. Sure, sure. Would you like a paper cup, though? It's a great punchline. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he requests a secretary, like you said, and then she it's, she's from Seinfeld. Change. She is from Seinfeld. Um, this is what uh, another question I have. So in the pool, it, I was writing it off as like, oh, they wanted to make sure it was like modesty underwear, yeah. right? So that Michael J. Fox was taken over. Then we see him get changed in his office, and he's still wearing like basically the same modesty underwear. I didn't <laughs> catch I that. Like, it's weird. I it was boxers. They have. They're like super thick like like not like the material seems very very heavy like a thick khaki like a khaki you could make a sail out of not a khaki pant oh i didn't catch that um so he goes to a, a oh by the way the secretary is the voice of uh, howard's mom on big bang theory i've watched never on screen a handful never on screen just i probably like, watched like four episodes worth of the big bang theory never never on screen just like a howard uh, get in here kind of thing um he will not let this poor Christy girl go. She's nope. very clearly saying, I don't know. I'm not interested. Leave. Yeah. And, he's, and he, but see, that's, that's the thing is like, it's okay to do. Yeah. Fake it till you make it in business. It's not okay to do fake it till you make it with this relationship. Like he just grinds her down until she likes well, my him. favorite. Is he, he goes, I'm just trying to be friendly. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your intentions. My dude. Right. She's a plot no, twist. Back they off. don't matter. White dude. <laughs> back off man uh the the shittiest uncle from home alone is like the leader of the boardroom <laughs> yeah. i guess uncle frank baby oh is that his name yeah let's remember he's the worst one they're all bad yeah. but he's the worst yeah. one he's actually mean and bad the other ones are just aloof yeah well i mean they're not we it turns out in the sequel no one learned a fucking lesson and Catherine O'Hare is like, maybe you'll be all alone and left behind this Christmas, too. And it's like, that's a traumatic experience. There's <laughs> yes, a lot to unpack this here. Kid, this kid should be in therapy. Although I, I will I will say, having recently watched the two, it's more of a plausible mistake than you would think, because Kevin is the one who screws up the second time. No, yes, it is. But the fact that Catherine O'Hara makes a joke about it, mm-hmm. not cool. Agreed. Agreed. Um. So they're in a business meeting talking business, 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 and how yes. this hostile takeover means they have to cut costs. And I was like, I don't super understand the correlation between the two things, but okay. Uh, yeah, it's well, it's like if you cut costs, then you're 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 in better financial shape. That's what all these companies do. Is like, oh, we need to look better financially. Let's just lay off a bunch of people. That's the, I mean, that's the move now. Disney is literally doing that as we record. Yeah, I wish I wish the people would band together more. And, and yeah. say, like, okay, fine, then we're canceling subscription services, then we're not doing things. Yeah. Like, right. we the people have more power than we realize, but we will not mobilize, yeah. because too many yeah, people sim for capitalism. Yeah. Uh, also, Helen Slater played Supergirl, which I forgot until this half of my notes, where I started calling her Supergirl because Helen Slater was too much to write. Oh, and then apparently I, I saw that she showed up in the new Supergirl show as a cameo. Sure. Yeah, they do. Th- they like to do that. They bring in the the old the, yeah, old the Flash uh, possible possible future episode, I suppose. Supergirl. Sure. Why not? Uh, he's flirting with with her, and then and then he talks about he gets caught. Go ahead. He like he's giving his pitch. Michael J. Fox is, and he's like, "Oh, it's like Davis said in his memo." And the guy's like, "How did you read that memo?" And I was like, "Are memos a secret? Like a it shouldn't be a full on secret I from assumed- everybody." I assumed I didn't think it was a secret. I thought it was like you that memo was like a month ago. You just started here. Got it. Um, so he goes. I mean, the movie doesn't tell us that full on 80s businessman Futurama jargon. 
And I'm like, I gotta tune out for a minute. We got it's too. We're in too deep. Yeah, wah, wah, and not wah, wah, in the good wah, wah, way. Right. Not in the way that like right. we're gonna hand wave and give a few business terms. Yeah, uh, we cut to Michael J. Fox is working at home, burning the midnight oil, and the neighbors are going to pound town. And the, he starts playing a symphony because apparently they have like the exact same finishing sequence every night, which is pretty funny. It's cute. Um, again, yeah. it seems like not super necessary for the movie. Like we already have enough of him being charming that like this doesn't yeah, yeah. add a whole lot of weight. Yeah. Also, he pours himself a beer, and it's just full foam. It's very strange. He must have shaken that. It's a bad beer pour. Oh, this, also, right before that, he his uh, mailroom manager starts to be like, I'm on to you. I'm watching you. <laughs> it's yeah, like, hey, yeah. buddy, you 100% don't make enough money for that. Yeah, why do you care? Act your wage, <laughs> why buddy. Why do you care? Act your wage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, his step-aunt shows up for another romp. How does she know where he lives? horny step aunt knocks on door middle of night <laughs> dot, dot mov i want to somebody needs to cut clips of this movie out and put them on porn sites with titles like that <laughs> did i tell you that there was a, an improv group that would um have i don't remember they would have audience members do it but they would have people send like porn clips where like there was a setup in the beginning and they would play that until the sex was about to start and then take the scene and from there. The scene. That's a pretty good bit. I can't pay for this pizza. That's a solid bit. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Uncle Howard is out with, with Supergirl. We learn, this is where we learn that he it's Christy is the one he's been cheating on his wife with. And she yes. doesn't seem into it. <laughs> she seems to be like very reluctant to be doing this and also like glad that it's advancing her career. It's a real it's really trying to have it both ways. Yeah. It it cl- because later we find out that she had been sleeping with him to like when she started the company. And so yeah. I was like, "Well, okay, but also she's incredibly capable." And the movie isn't really focusing on that. Right. Right, right. And she even says multiple times, she's like, I worked really hard to be a woman in this position. And then why are you fucking this man? You're jeopardizing the thing you worked for. But it should have been, it should have been, I had to sleep with him because I'm a woman and no one took me seriously. So I have to be a hundred times more qualified than all you men, but also I have to fuck this gross goblin. Bag of skin. (laughs) Yeah. Remember the, the I mean, fucking senator from the first X-Men movie? That's what this is like. <laughs> okay, he's she's not quite, he's not, no, well, first of all, I met that man one time. I have his autograph, so let's be nicer to Bruce Davison, who was very nice Wait, to me in fourth grade. The, the senator or this guy in this movie? The senator, the senator next Wait, He Bruce turns Davison. into goop. He does turn into a- Why did you meet him in fourth grade? What did he do? I, a kid that I was in class with, he was the uncle of a kid I was in class with. I'm like was he in movies? <laughs> Obviously, he was. But was he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been an actor for like decades. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so at one point or another, I had a piece of paper signed by him. Hmm. One of the two autographs I had as a young boy that were not by characters from Disney World. One uh, former Eagles kicker Morton Anderson, who kicked until he was like in his forties in the NFL. Damn. Uh, and uh, also Bruce Davison. All right. On like lined pieces of notebook paper, and also I think like a <laughs> with the scraggly edge. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a post-it that came from a mom's purse. Okay. Not our mom, but a mom. Yeah. Uh, I think you were on a soccer team with. Oh, maybe it was a friend's brother. I don't remember. It might have been you on a soccer team with the offspring of Morton Anderson, BT Dubs. Oh well. 
Anyway, uh, yes. she, so it should have been that. Howard Six. Yeah, agreed entirely. How, Howard Six, Helen Slater on Michael J. Fox. He, he's like, you know, well, he up to, straight up know. says, I didn't hire anyone with that name. Right. You would think at this point he would start doing the investigating. Yeah, exactly. But also it's like, does he hire everybody? Like it's a big organization. Does, does he have to get a hand on every ball? I was trying to think that because like when I got hired at my current job and it's it's a pretty sizable organization within my area, I I interviewed with my current manager, but I don't think I met with like her manager or even like the president. Yeah, I mean, once you get over like 50 employees, it starts it stops being like the president is on every interview because like they have shit to do and that's too much time to waste. Yeah. And then so this is a weird thing that. That he's still doing both jobs, which, like, should have been a weird... He should have start, started calling out sick to the mailroom job. Or, well, then he would have gotten fired. Not if you do it all the time. You don't have to do it all the time, but, like... Or pulled a, uh... I think it's very... I think it's very telling that you think this mailroom job comes with sick leave. I mean, in the 80s, wasn't that more of a thing? I don't think he's... I think it's like, you come to work unless your eyeballs are falling out, and even then, shove them back in and deliver the mail. See, I thought in the 80s they were giving because they were also doing employee bonuses and and give backs and parties that the company paid for. That's you know, I like the things he's in the (laughs) he's in the elevator doing a quick change. And we do like a full Star Trek. The Klingons have attacked us and like shaky cam thing while Michael J. Fox is changing. It's very silly. Yeah, it's strange. He like jumps into the elevator, stops it, gets changed. Runs out to his secretary, gives her something, only to run back into the elevator and immediately try and get changed again. And I was like, "Yeah, you couldn't stack your 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 like responsibilities right. and tasks right. so that you didn't." The mailroom guy that? couldn't have dropped the note off. Yeah, uh, we got another inter- or another boardroom scene. Monopoly man back in town, and also uh, voice of Patrick Starr and uh, on the movie the show Coach uh, Bill. F- it's, uh, f- I did not catch that he was in. That's that's Patrick was in here. Yeah, it's. I, F-A-G-E-R-B-A-K-K-E. So Foggerbaki, maybe? Mm-hmm. Foggerbach? Uh, but he's also, yeah, he, he's he's here in a couple of scenes. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Uncle Howard comes in, so he has to fake a nosebleed, which is a pretty good... It's a good like, one, because oh, it lets shit, you cover... Because oh, I was like, oh, how shit. is he going to get out of this? And I was like, oh, he covers his face for a nosebleed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christy and, and Michael J. Fox work late into the night on his idea. Oh, also... As he runs away with the nosebleed, he discovers the affair closet. Oh, yeah, the affair closet. just like the, the place people go to have. These people are so into doing it with each other that they do not notice. This is like Grey's Anatomy, but business. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry, I, I need and to And they don't stop it. at all. They don't, even, they don't even take a breath. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they're working late together. Uh, she's like, I'll help you with your ideas, even though they're stupid and terrible. Uh, and they're, they they decide to go to dinner where their waitress is the mom from Big. Oh, that's right. Also, I think Seinfeld. Oh, uh, absolutely a Seinfeld performer. Yeah. Um. So they. Uh, yeah, this, she- this is shaping up. I don't remember what movie it was. We did a movie that had like five psych actors in it. I wonder if this is our biggest Seinfeld. Act- it might actor, be. Actor, it's it's a lot. Like um. So she's basically like, also, look. Did, did you did you catch the bread service at this place? No. On the table is a plate with like. Six whole bagels. <laughs> I thought it was weird she was eating a bagel. It's like it's like as they're walking out, it kind of looks like maybe it's an all it's a breakfast only place that's just open late. But like, 
I mean, maybe a person eats two bagels, but there, this a is six. Ba- it's it's the kind of thing you see, like the and if Italian restaurant gives you like a loaf of bread and some olive oil for dippings, but it's six bagels. I don't know why bagels just feel so much heartier than like thin slices of Italian bread. Well, it's the right. same amount of What's, bread. If you like lay them all well, end to end, it's the same amount of bread. I actually know the reason. If you would like to know, because I just the made reason bagels for, for giving a bagel. No, the reason for bagels feeling much denser is because they're worked much more, so the gluten is more intense, oh. and so they're chewier. And so as we as we made the bagels, there's two techniques. One is like you can kind of like punch your thumbs through the punch your thumb and finger through the middle and roll it into a circle. But when you do that, it just tastes like bread. It doesn't have that like bagel chew. Hmm. You need to like roll it into a log and then roll the log together around your hand to make a circle again, and then your bagel has the chewy bagel vibes. Okay. My favorite is the so that's Asiago why it feels cheddar. more intense. We did not do Asiago cheddar. We did Zatar, like the, the bougie people we are, and our own everything mix. Yeah, that was always my favorite one when it was Bagel Fridays, not Pretzel Fridays. Sure, I was like, sure. I will time myself so I'm not sprinting over there and look sure looking like I'm the admin assistant that's just stealing, just grabbing the food first. <laughs> the best bagel. Yeah, let a few people uh, I go. Also, I love. I love a jalapeno cheddar. We're getting to be funky cheese bagel. I don't think I've seen that one. Is that a Panera one? Because that was what was they just got someone stopped at Panera on the way know. to the office. This was not like a boutique. I don't know. Our the Safeway near me does it. It's just a grocery store. Oh. Um so for some reason, after they leave this restaurant, I don't know where they go. They're in a black right. abyss in front of a window yes. with a mannequin in it with no lighting. Yes. There's like one light on the mannequin and they're just it's talking in darkness it's, like Mystery Science it's Theater. It's so clearly supposed to be like the f- window of a Macy's, but they weren't in New York. This maybe is a reshoot or something, or maybe it's just a set thing. I, I was, it's a weird, she, weird, weird scene. It's creepy and weird looking. And oh, Locks Around the Clock is the name of the restaurant, by the way. I love it. that. Which should be a Bob's Burgers opening gag. Oh, yeah. Or uh, a burger of the day. Sure. Yeah. Um. Um, he's like okay. really it's and like I know he's wearing her down like whatever that's how movies worked but like he is annoyingly aggressive about this he is also this is the first time we get this like synthy score piece of music that repeats and it is almost exactly the same as the opening synthy score to the peach candle SNL sketch from like five years ago I love the candle and- I love the peach candle skit I do too. I I watch it every Christmas. It's mm-hmm. very funny. Uh, but I, I I was killing myself laughing at this like the thing it keeps coming up, and I was like, "You've got to stop with the peach candle. <laughs> what are we doing here?" Also, they're on a boat for some reason. Yeah, I don't know when they got on the boat or why they got on the boat or whose boat this is. It, I was like, "Is this supposed to be like a Staten Island ferry situation?" Later, like, they are on that. See- yeah, but there's never been an indication that, like, he needs... He, like, obviously the office is in Manhattan, but it's not been indicated that his apartment is across the the ferry, so it's yeah. very strange. Uh, they have they, a weird They kiss. have, like, a big relation... Yeah, they have a big relationship talk, too, that's, like, about their status, and then he has, like, this is my round-trip ticket, well, I can't cash it in, it's like he, a talisman. She says, you know, like, people who get... People who work together on projects sometimes get romantically involved, and we shouldn't. And then Michael J. Fox is like, all right, we won't. And she's like, oh, what do you mean? And I was like, girl, you don't want yeah. this. I know you don't it's, want this. It's, it's, that, it's that dumb movie shit where it's like women aren't allowed to have desires. Yeah. And so they're now on the Staten Island Ferry after the, uh, they got off their other boat, got on this boat. 
this boat, yeah. They have a week. And he does a yawn stretch into a kiss and it works. They kiss and it's a weird kiss. And then her response is like, that was a good kiss. Do you think you could do it just as good if you kissed me again? And I was like, how old are we? Is she in the fourth I grade? I was honestly imagining, like, because it, it cuts to them still kissing, like, getting into the apartment. And all I could think of was the scene in Princess Bride where Peter Falk is reading to uh, Fred Savage, or he starts to talk about the kiss, and he's like, ew, gross. And then later he's like, tell me again about the kiss. And he's like, oh, okay. They kissed like no one had ever kissed before. And I was imagining Peter Falk narrating, like, <laughs> They kissed on the ferry. They kissed on the street, down to the subway station. They, this is a very bad Peter Falk. You don't have to send the tweet. They kissed on the subway. They kissed up the subway stairs. They kissed into the taxi. They kissed in front of the doorman. They kissed into the elevator. They kissed in the... And I was just imagining it just happening all the way across the city as they commute home. It's really tickling me. So they bone. And then the next morning, she calls up Uncle Howard. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad impression made me think of something. So I was trying to explain the scene from uh, 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 Farts. Uh, Stand by me to my wife where everybody throws up. Oh, I was like, which? (laughs) I was like, what scene? That scene. Okay. Yeah. You've seen that, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was showing the scene to my wife. I hadn't watched a movie in a very long time. Great movie. We should do it. It would be a weird podcast episode, but maybe we could do it someday. But the fat lady threw up in her purse part happens, yeah. and I realized that what I was picturing in my head for Edward Scissorhands vomiting was that exact thing she does where she sort of just like opens her mouth and it dribbles out like it just barely falls out. And that was what I was thinking. Like they do a lot. They do the whole that scene covers like you got your projectile, you got your heave, you got your splatter. You got it's like every type of movie vomit is represented. But my favorite is the lady just going like, Bleh. Well, and it's just like this this actor's got like a big old spoonful of blueberry pie filling and then just was like out of her mouth. And that's what I kept thinking of with Edward Scissorhands and why I was laughing. I realized now I was just imagining this funny like puke from from Stand By Me, but Johnny Depp in all that makeup just throwing up like a little like little little blop out of his mouth. So that is why I was laughing so hard. It was like this very specific thing that I didn't even cognitive you know cognitively understand at the time, but it just was like oh I, oh this is what I was pulling. So anyway, I'm sorry. We I got really off the track there. That's okay. So yeah, she calls Kissing, up Uncle Howard go back home. and yeah. goes, uh, "I'm breaking up with you." And I was like, "Girl, he's gonna fire your ass." Like, yes, yes. There's no world where he goes and just like, all right, you either have sex yeah. with me again or you clean out your desk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, uh, Uncle Howard is Duncan Idaho from the Dune movie that we covered. So just covering all the Oh. Uh, and he, gives, of course, gives her the classic, like, I'm divorcing my wife. I was like, oh, he's, he's faking a divorce. And then he's like, I'm gonna, inviting all of the employees to my house for, like, a summit. So fucking weird. So You're strange. all going to sleep Overnight. in my house? overnight what get out of town for some weird thought summit um and then he says i'm meeting with whitford which is michael j fox's yeah, fake j. name Fo- yeah his name in this movie is dirt his Super real name is brantley and his fake name brantley. is whitford right um but he's like i have a meeting with whitford and i was like how did michael j fox let that get scheduled right exactly it seems like a very avoidable thing to not be in, an, in a direct one-on-one meeting with the person who could find you out. Yeah, and then Michael J. Fox sees Christy, and he's like, Hey, we had sex, didn't we? In the middle of the office. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh, it's it's even worse than that. It's like, hey, I really enjoyed fucking you. You want to go again? It's like so crazy. The fact that you got there is yeah. is something you should thank your fucking stars for, and don't push it's, your luck. It's Supergirl, we're talking about here. Um. Uh, I really love the scene where Michael J. Fox's boss, like, catches his real boss, his ma- his mailroom manager. Yeah, and he starts doing this like uh, real like Looney Tunes esque chase, like up and down staircases and round and round they go. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's very it's a little Ferris Bueller-y. It's honestly it like it. Uh, I I don't think these characters interacted all that much. Although I'm not a big Looney Tunes head, but it's like uh uh uh. Oh my God! Rootin' tootin' cowboy. Guy. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam chasing Bugs Bunny is the vibe. I got they probably did at some point. Yeah. Um, it ends with this like crazy. Oh, I guess yeah. Is is no? That's El- Elmer Fudd. Is Elmer Fudd is the Elmer Fudd chasing. Yeah. Uh, ch- oh, uh, yeah. 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 Elmer Fudd. He's this guy's more animated than Elmer Fudd, but it's very much of like the Elmer Fudd chasing Bugs Bunny vibes. Um, but this chase sequence ends with this like. His his mail uh, Michael J. Fox's like mailroom buddy Joan C- his Joan Cusack is like I'm gonna help him out and like trips his yeah. boss with a with an extension cord that is wrapped yes. around someone else's neck and causes so yes. tripping on the cord causes the boss to knock someone off a ladder down the stairs that he also goes yes. down and drags someone by their neck down the stairs. Yes, and I was like, yeah, and these people are in chronic pain forever. Or dead. This <laughs> or dead. The man died. with it around his neck he might be dead. <laughs> the boss would. The boss would have died, and in dying, killed three janitors who were like cleaning the the guy up with the ladder who has the thing around his neck was like cleaning, and two other people were cleaning the stairs. And so it's like, oh, you killed four people to protect Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I, that's like the follow up scene is like the phone rings at Michael J. Fox's apartment, and he's on the 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 other dudes on the phone is like. You need to take care of me forever now, <laughs> or I'll go and tell everyone what I did for you. And he's like, "What are you talking about? They're all dead, Brantley. They're all dead." Click. Uh, so Michael J. Fox goes to his office and sees his uncle. So he has to pretend to be. He's like, "Oh, I'm my real self, not Whitfield." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly this part. More of this, of this is part- fun for me. Like. Yes. Yeah. I, it honestly, this part, and then later when they get to the house and they're all creeping around. I hated that. Really I hated that creep. Of, that creeping segment. I absolutely hated it. It really reminded me of the play you directed, Noises Off. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. Are you? Oh, we'll get into it. We're almost there anyway. Um. So she's desperate to bone Michael J. Fox. Oh, uh, Aunt Vera is in his is in Uncle yeah. Howard's office, and, and like I was like physically uncomfortable watching this. Step Aunt seduces nephew step answer seduces step nephew step aunt hungry for step nephew unsatisfied step aunt hungry for step nephew in step uncle's office yes there it is there it is and he walks in yes Uh, there uh (laughs) uh-huh um but like i i I was like viscerally uncomfortable with how he is climbing the walls and climbing the windowsills pulling away yes. from her saying no and she no yeah I, I i was like i was just as uncomfortable with the way he was treating fucking christy but this i was like i don't like this yeah agreed uh we go from this to uncle howard is doing like an interrogation as they have a really difficult workout they're like running well also there's a weird treadmill. he catches them and it feels like everybody yeah. knows everybody's lying yes but then yes. it's not and that's that. why it's like 
Yeah, and immediately it's like he has them running on the treadmill, and I, it's like, oh, he's going to be like, I know you're fucking my wife, and instead it's like, I know, I know that there's something going on, but I can't figure it out, and so I need your help, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, I want you to distract my. So I thought he was saying distract my wife so that I can pretend we're divorced for yeah, Christy. Yeah. I thought so too. Yes. Um, but no, it's like I want you to distract my wife so I can fuck this other woman in our home. Yeah. So they get to the party. Vera coming in hot. Too horny. <laughs> Too horny. And also she's like running down every man at the thing. She knows exactly. I do love that. That I'm like, I like this aspect of Vera that she's like, no, I know. I know everyone you need to know and how much money they're worth. And I can introduce you. Yeah. She says that she got her husband where he is, which is like, oh, okay. This is kind of an interesting wrinkle on this. Should have been introduced earlier. <laughs> like, this, yeah, this should have been very clear from the beginning. Like she says it a few times like, oh, I helped my husband up the ladder. But it's not like, right. oh, I know every man with money in New York City because of my upbringing. And like, I'll make the introduction. Like, it just feels like this should have been yeah. put earlier. Agreed. Uh, and then we get like another montage as like the executives are all squabbling over what to too do. Too many montages follow, in this movie. Whether we follow Michael J. Fox. Yeah, agreed. Too many montages. Because there's just, all of a sudden there's this weird like the music's all wrong. It's like dreamy kind of sad with as yeah, Michael yeah, J. Fox yeah. like schmoozes a bunch of rich white men cut, intercut with like the office staff meeting in the gazebo. Yes. And then still in like silence but with music like no words michael j fox is like proselytizing to these rich white men and they are like yeah fucking horny for what he's saying i love the really big dude holding the little tiny the tiny dog, dog. In his le- in right, and then he shakes very daintily with his left hand i thought that was good like you would think michael j fox was like here's how you can get people to work for you for no money and yeah. they have to do it and you yeah, keep all yeah, the yeah. money. And they were like foaming at the mouth. It also makes Uncle Howard, like all of this makes Uncle Howard look like the stupidest man alive, which is never what you want to do if like the person is the villain of your movie. Like, yeah. It doesn't help the the end play when you're like, well, of course they got one over on him. He's a fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the day the day meeting ends. Now we're all at, in, at, at nighttime and everyone starts sneaking around. It's like Howard wants to get to super set to Dave Bow Bow. The, the entire yeah. Three and a half yeah. minutes of Day Bow Bow. Yeah. Again, egregious crimes. It is. So I hated this part. It it went on too long. It wasn't It does go on too long. It went on too long. It wasn't specific enough. Like sure. I needed him him to say like Michael J. Fox to Christie, like, meet me in the gazebo at midnight. And as she yep. leaves, Vera can be like, Oh, I'll come into your room at eleven forty five or like what like Yeah. And yeah, then Yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard can grab Christy by the arm and be like, you'll meet me in my, in my office at one fifteen. Like show me the setup even, because now it's just people even without that, even without that, if we just knew the layout of the house, like we knew where everyone's rooms yep. were and how they could get from to and from each one would help. But I agree with you. Like that stuff would be a huge help. It's here. like very aimless and just like people tiptoeing Scooby-Dooing around today. Bow bow. Yeah, it's full Scooby-Doo. And yeah, I was just Scooby-Doo. like, it goes on to like do something. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, you you can do this well. Like it's yeah, yeah. I was like this fucking this laughing French farce nonsense noises yeah, off, like yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. there's a French farce is so specific and fast, and people yeah, yeah. people a lot of people think that it's just like oh, just do doors, and that's 
Like, no. Yeah. It is a, but a speed and a specificity. But also, like, you need, like, for, for that thing, the door thing to work, it needs to be entrance A and entrance B into one room. And so it's like someone comes in door exactly. A and someone goes out door B and then they miss each other. But in this movie, there's only one door. It's just so people just tiptoeing around a house in their in their pajamas. Right. right. I did enjoy it more than you did because it was ridiculous. And I, you know, even like a bad French door farce I'm okay with. Uh, but the part that I really found gross is like she ends in, up in Uncle Frank's room and he gets up like a fucking tiger drooling. Like he's going to pounce. It's like, Hey bud, clearly that's not what this is. You old crusty bald loser. If you, if you won't say hello to the woman in your room for fear, she'll run away. Yes. Just step back and take a look around. Think about, think about that setup. Just, just lay back down and close your eyes. Mm -hmm. You, you aren't supposed to be here. Clearly. Uh, I do like, however, in terms of staging, there's a couple of shots with like the mirror in the hallway where we see someone like just entering a room and someone else walks through, which are pretty good. And of course, the ending is kind of a good gag where uh, Michael J. Fox is hiding under the covers and Uncle Howard's trying to feel real, real creepy. Yeah. And it's like. Oh uh, no, it's me, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and all I could think of was when he plays his own daughter in uh, Back to the Future 2. Oh my god, you're right. Because <laughs> he's using basically his same voice. <laughs> so all that setup. Also, Howard Howard goes to Christie's door and it's locked. And then he goes to the front of his house, takes his master keys off, and goes back to like he unlocks the door she locked. Yes. Like everything about this is yeah. awful. Yeah. The whole thing is for a, for a half-baked kind of gay joke. The whole yeah. French farce leads to them being caught in bed together, being Howard yeah. and and Michael J. Fox. And I was like, I feel robbed. <laughs> I didn't I, I obviously you're right that it is like kind of a gay joke. It's not like a gross But it's like, not even like a funny like, it's not even a good funny right. joke. Like right. you did all it's 5 minutes you- of build up for that punchline. How dare it's, you? It's just so that, like, it's the easiest way for everyone to get caught, right? Like, that it's yeah. the two guys are in the same bed, and then it's like, wait, you're not who I'm supposed to be here with. Wait, you're not who I'm supposed to be with. And then the doors open, and we finally see that there are two entrances to this room, and the, the wife and Supergirl come in. Yeah. Finally, his uh, identity is revealed. Yeah. Um, and, and we've everything gets, you know, it's all it all comes unraveling here. Vera finds out that Christy is who her husband was sleeping with. And then Michael J. Fox is like... <laughs> I can't believe you would have sex to advance your career. And I was like, you lied. Your career is a, a lie. Everything is yeah. a lie. Like, right. who the hell are you? Right. right. She went to actual Harvard. Who the fuck are you? Right. right, right. And then this scene, most egregiously, closes again with the peach candle music. Yeah, and she's crying. And I was like, if I was like, we're not going to slut shame her. Okay? Right. We're not going to yeah. do that, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> right right that is not you are that is the bad guy's job Don't it is do it. because again this movie should have been clear that like she had to do that because the only way she could be taken seriously as a harvard graduate who's a brilliant who's brilliant with numbers and very qualified can stand out yeah. that's what right. it should have been yeah and then we get to this and i'm like what? there's only like 10 minutes left in this movie and it's like buckle up baby it's time for the plot and this is where the movie was like it's been two months you did this for two months and i was like that's a long time yeah so michael j fox is packing up his office she comes in to see him he no she, she, she does not they, they cross each other and she's mad at him he's like i'm a nice guy and i was like Oof. i was like i don't it didn't mean it didn't mean then what it does now but i, I was like i know this is 40 years in the future but uh 
if you have to tell someone you're a nice guy, you might not be a nice guy. <laughs> this ends with a big smoocheroo, and then Which we is get dumb. Frank Didn't in the movie. Make... Yeah, there's build up. Well, wasn't they just there. like each other, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the whole like, oh, we actually do like each other, you know. Whatever. Normally, there is like a big. I don't know, half of an act between the breakup of the couple and the get back together. It was so fast that I was like whiplash. (laughs) It's one minute. And now they're scheming. I don't care that you called me a slut. Yeah. Fred Gwynn is in this big takeover meeting and then get fucked uh, upper management. They literally say, I know you're going to want to replace middle management, but what about upper management? And Fred Gwynn goes, you all can keep your jobs in this room. And immediately they're all like, great, let's sign the paperwork. Let's do, let's take over. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I really hate when a movie doesn't like tell us what's going to happen with these things where it's just like they you can surprise those characters without surprising me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're like, oh, actually, it's a big stock buyout. And Aunt Vera comes walking in. My God, it's Aunt Vera's music. Step Aunt well, Vera's he, here he, with the no, chair. It's beyond that because Michael J. Fox walks in and is like, I just bought you out, Fred Gwynn. And I was like, yeah, what? When, yeah. when did this happen? How did this happen? What are we talking about? And then all of his right. like muckety muck rich white friends walk in and he's like, but yeah. the biggest investor for all is my step aunt Vera. Yeah. By God, she's got a steel chair. She's here to even the score. It's wild. Also, Vera never once expressed interest in business of like, no, my father wouldn't no. let me because I was a woman. <laughs> like, right. There's right. N- <laughs> all she says is my dad started this company. And all of a Literally sudden, really, the line you just tossed off, if it was said by her while she was in the limo, makes this finale much more satisfying. It is. But then she's just like, well, I'm here. Basically, I own uh, 51% of this company. Yeah, and then it's like, you're fired, and they fire uh, Uncle Howard and his lackey, Uncle Frank, get him out of there. Uh, That's a weird ending. Thrilled. Yeah, the, like, people people come in like, yay, the mailroom buddy is like, we did it, and then Michael J. Fox is like, hey, Step Aunt Vera, I'd like you to introduce my friend. Step Aunt Vera sleeps with Mail Joan Cusack. M-O-V. <laughs> Step Aunt seduces best friend, M-O-V. <laughs> The gang goes off to the to the opera. I don't know why we need to yeah. show all this. Them getting in a like, there's kind of a punchline with his mail on with his manager. It's the limo driver now, but it's not. It's not played as a punch. Like it's not like it's really no, played as it's a punchline. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, the the boss, the mailroom boss. Uh, I forgot to say earlier, was in Maximum Overdrive and great sweaty procedural thriller taking a Pelham one two three. Who was he in Maximum? Was he like a one off uh, or was he like a character? Oh, wait, hold on. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then the other guy that I also wrote down, I forget. There's a bunch of business with the elevator keeps breaking. Cause oh, yeah. Jay Fox keeps <clears throat> oh, yeah. The up. elevator maintenance guy looked familiar. It's uh, Hector Salamanca from uh, Breaking Bad and also uh, Scarface. He plays Shadow in Scarface. Two things. I. <laughs> but that's that's the end of the movie. Uh I'm giving this like the lightest of recommends. I do. It's like a Michael J. Fox movie I'd never seen before. So it was like, I've had this thing lately where I've been really enjoying discovering sort of schlocky eighties, nineties thrillers that I had not seen before. And they're, since they're new to me they're they feel they play better than they should probably. Mm. So I've put this in the same category of like, it was new to me and it's a vintage. It's also like hard to find. It's not convenient. No, so, like, for sure, for sure. That factors into it. Like, if you have to, like, seek it out and, like, find it, yeah. find it, and it's not good, I'm like, no. But if you can, like, find yeah. it on YouTube, sure. 
If this yeah. movie was accessible, I'd give it a soft, but it's no. I call this decent. I, I this would be like a six and a half for me out of ten. Or you we seem like you're more in like the three point five out of ten. Yeah, more in a four. I, I think there's charm to this. I mean, Michael there's, J. There's Fox is charming. Like he is doing his damnedest, and I commend yeah. him for that. But he can't yeah. save everything. I mean, I agree with that. It's I don't think this is a great movie or anything like that. But I think it's got some 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 you know some charm to it. And hey, you know, the step ant thing was pretty. Step ant was a good bit. Gag, a so good bit. Good bit. Yeah, good bit. Good bit. Dot movie. I love it. Uh, yeah. So if you, if you, I'm sure it'll pop up streaming eventually. That's how these things work. So you could, you could, you'll find it eventually. Thank you so much for listening. I will be honest with you. I don't know what our next episode is other than the one on Patreon. Oh, it's Indiana Jones month, baby. So we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with probably Raiders of the Lost Ark first, maybe Temple of Doom second. I'm not sure which order we're going to do them in, but we're doing both Indiana Jones movies. Spoilers for, for schedule. Uh, and then over on the Patreon next month, we will have My Blue Heaven, which uh, I have not seen in a while, but I have enjoyed much in the past. So looking forward to that. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook or at Dissecting the 80s on Twitter or send us an email, dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Thank you again uh, to Brad from California for sending that. I hope I got the name right. It was 20 minutes ago recording time, which is like four eternities. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thank you so very much for listening to the show. Uh, thank you for all the Patreon support from the people there. Don't forget to visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and get more of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for years of support. This is the end of Listener Request Month, so yeah. really, really delightful. Not the end uh, the end, but... This is the end of this Listener Request... This is the end of the main feed Listener Request Month for 2023, so that's what I was trying to say. I, it sounded we'll like you a final, like we're never doing Listener Request Month no. again, so... No, 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 no. We will definitely do this again in the future. It's coming back. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time... Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.